0: Hello, and welcome to the Dev is in the Details podcast. I'm Lukas And I'm Pedro. Here we talk about technology, business, and their impacts on the world around us. Let's go.
1: In this episode, we discuss remote work and how it has evolved over the past years. Work from home became the new norm during the COVID-19 pandemic. But now a lot of companies are pushing for a return to the office. Why is that? What's the trick to building and growing a fully remote business? What are the benefits and the pitfalls? We hope this episode will help you reflect on these questions and make your own conclusions. So feel free to keep your pajamas on and let's talk about remote work. Okay, hey, so maybe let's start the first episode introducing ourselves. So,
0: Lukasz, tell the audience about yourself. Thank you, Pedro. So, I'm Lukasz. I'm a tech savvy guy with quite some experience almost 20 years in, uh, in technology, you know, three, four different tech stocks and build a couple of companies from a tech perspective. Back to you. Tell me <laughs> about yourself.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm a marketer. I've been involved in many aspects of online marketing. My background is actually in design. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil and moved to Poland and have been working with technology ever since, sometimes remotely, sometimes in hybrid model, but yeah, always have been interested in technology in general. And yeah, that's, that's my jam. Awesome. Um, So Bukas, you've been a big advocate of remote work. Um, I would like to know a little bit more how you got to this point. When did you start with remote work?
0: Right. So funnily enough, back in 2012, 2013, I used to live in Berlin. And, you know, it was a time where most of the startups at the time or the startup scenes was um, riding that wave of, Excitement about Ruby on Rails technology. And that posed the challenge that it was virtually impossible to hire anyone because, you know, startups were just overbidding each other for the talent locally. As I used to live there, I was on site. And this was one of the first startups I joined. But Mariusz, who I knew from college, was still in Warsaw. So we started building an MVP. You know just collaborating over github and i believe we used xchat like an irc virtual you know interface for irc to 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 basically uh, communicate asynchronously instead of slack there was no slack at that time and then we migrated to another tool from Atlassian which i can't remember hipchat i believe it was called mm-hmm. uh, by then and uh, funnily enough we still used to do skype calls at that time if that was <laughs> a thing yeah pro before zoom or anything else. And you know what, we built an MVP, it went out. Before we knew it, we needed, you know, extra people in front end and UI and UX and QA and Mariusz got them organized uh, in Poland, in different cities, So they mm-hmm. were not even in the same location. And it worked out pretty well, like we had seven, eight people team. At that point, we got a proper founding and there was a discussion uh within the business whether we should move everyone to berlin
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but people didn't want to leave their lives behind you know it worked for them it worked for us so we convinced business to continue like that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and out of necessity we tried a lot of things we made a lot of mistakes we learned that frequently what seems very uh intuitive was not the right thing to do actually at the end Yeah, and here we are today with uh, a luggage of experience in that area.
1: Cool. I'm just wondering uh, a little bit more of this context that uh, this was well before the pandemic, like a few years before the pandemic. That's right. And would you say it was, let's say, common for other startups to use this remote model or was this something kind of unusual at the time?
0: No, it was absolutely unusual. And frankly, when I went to events uh, for coders or business you know, um, people really didn't believe that this could work. I remember back in 2015, I went to a Eureka conference in Berlin and I was presenting our setup and a couple of people came to room and they were extremely skeptical. Mm-hmm. Like they were challenging everything. Like, but how do you track time and how do you know if they're working? Like there was this assumption that if you don't see people, you know, at their desks, you can't really trust them to do the work Mm -hmm. but we got that all around saying like do i really care about you know nine to five or whatever the time frame for a day as long as the tickets are done as the work gets delivered and as i see the engagement from my guys right and it was very interesting times yeah but it was absolutely uncommon and then i believe that by 2016 17 there was some sort of breakthrough because uh simply startups couldn't get the talent also in different technologies so i could tell you that uh, i seen you know both with rails but also in a bunch of other people that the collaboration or the openness for trying things uh you know for remote setup started to take shape there in mm-hmm. in the market and yeah, the berlin startup scene so to say
1: okay and it's interesting to see how this has sort of become I wouldn't say the standard, but expected, at least from developer's point of view. Mm. It seems like, you know, it. the talent heavily favors remote work, at least as a possibility, if not as yeah. remote first. Just, you know, uh, if I don't have the possibility of working remotely, I'm less interested in this position,
0: right? Would you say? Yeah, very good point. I think nowadays, after the pandemic especially, the world view and the business view on, on remote has shifted significantly. I see obviously now there's a lot of fallback to the old ways, but you see that in people's minds, there is a breakthrough now. And especially for coders, since they can work from really anywhere, as long as they get their focus time, there is a natural expectation that they can do it from anywhere. mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so going back to this idea of, you know, uh, if it works so well, then why are the companies falling back to, you know, back to the office and cutting down on the remote work possibilities? I mean, there are some downsides, maybe just for the companies, not for the workers, or do you see, you know, uh, pros and cons for both sides?
0: Mm -hmm. This is something which we dwell with Mariusz on on that topic a a lot, you know, um, since we started doing this, like what like as an iterational process of how can we improve our own processes and what worked, what didn't. And what our feeling is, is that openness to work remotely is directly tied to company's culture, Mm -hmm. right? So if that culture is having a proper incentives for openness, for ownership, for commitment, for delivering results, then we will see management of medium and high level uh, being more open to trying remote Mm -hmm. when there is no culture allowing for that and i believe the alternative on that spectrum is control and that implies that you need to see people this is a bit of a exaggeration on my side there is a lot in between there but just to draw a picture just to have a starting point for for further that conversation and i think for certain activities Especially mid-tier management prefers to have uh, people, you know, in a, they call it war room meeting, right? Where everyone, all hands on deck and everyone can just draw on a whiteboard. And it's true that that's beneficial, but, you know, we have, we live in times where you have tools like Miro and, you know, even over Figma and other tools, you can collaborate remotely, And even with 100% remote culture, you could say, look, and we tried that once a quarter, once a month, whichever is your cadence, uh, you actually meet somewhere. You know, we tried WeWork, we tried a bunch of other locations, and we think it could really work because the human factor in connecting in the physical space outside of of the, you know, only being online constantly is um, helping to build connections with people as well, right? Mm -hmm. So there is... All sort of like pure remote, you never meet the colleagues, right? Versus being in place, being in the office, and all sorts of different flavors in between.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, basically this hybrid approach seems to be the best in terms of being the most flexible, not just for the business, but also for the workers, right? Right. Uh, I personally even prefer, I I like the possibility of being uh, able to work remotely, but also being able to go to the office when it makes sense, sure. when there's something, some reason, uh, or just because I I want to see the colleagues and interact on a mm-hmm. personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is what the the best um, benefit of this you know remote work revolution brought is just you know you're not tied to just one model.
0: Right, right. I mean. I think it's great to just be open for experimentation with it as well and mm-hmm. you know if the proper kpis are in place and okrs or whatnot the companies can just measure how successful this is like in an actual output mm-hmm. you know versus expectations of work hours in nature mm-hmm. that's that's my way of looking at it
1: um for sure a lot of people might like the idea of working remotely but it's not maybe as simple as it sounds As you even mentioned before, um, sometimes there are some good practices that might be counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. So what would you say are the biggest pitfalls that you kind of encountered along the way? And, you know, what solutions you, you discovered?
0: Right. I think one of the biggest challenges, and we went through this ourselves as well, it's not to say, you know, that it didn't happen, is to copy and paste our expectations from normal work in the office to a remote environment. So one of the things that we noticed is that at some point people, we noticed people prefer different working times. And in development, that can be easily, in software development, it can be easily addressed because, you know, for GitHub tickets, if you you actually think about some of the biggest open source projects in the world, they don't have offices, right? That was our point of view, like we realized, wow, people have build operating systems like Linux and FreeBSD and whatnot, and they're never in the same room. I mean, once a year they have a conference or something where they all meet, but otherwise they work remotely, and most importantly, they work asynchronously. Mm-hmm. So they meet to divide the work, and off you go and they you know, work on their own, and they come back whenever they're ready or whenever they have some sort of touchpoint and sync up. And I believe with Agile, with Scrum, This can be really well organized that you set certain boundaries and requirements for, look, guys, let's show up at 10 in the morning on a Central European time zone, let's say. So whoever is, you know, plus minus couple of hours has to wake up earlier later, whatever. And that's our touch point. And then throughout the week, it's all deep work. And this was very surprising, because we actually realized that deep work is very rare in the office environment. Of a remote, with most people were you know at their desks, whatever they were working from, would stay focused on their task, meaning that their output from actual measurable you know tickets per day or whatever, you know, KPI, whichever KPI you want to apply, their output was 25-30% higher. Mm-hmm. And that was really shocking, right? Mm-hmm. This was a massive surprise. Because then we realized one of two two things can happen. Either people keep working eight hours or whatever to finish the task, and we have 30% bigger output, or you keep the same output, but people work less, which, again, make them happier, and that also, again, boosted their output. And Mm -hmm. we've seen that happening.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this raises an interesting point about uh, control and trust. So did you feel like you were losing control, or did you feel like the trust you put in the workers to just do the work without someone checking all the time if they are working nine to five or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how did did it work to make this leap of faith of saying, we'll just trust people to do the work they are supposed to do. And I don't care if it takes them four hours or eight hours or 12, they are just, you know, uh, fulfilling the role that we agreed on.
0: Right. Frankly, I think um, as a developer myself, it's not so hard to see progress. I mean, if you take Git and GitHub in particular, the, the online system, you can clearly see in GitHub issues how the tasks are being closed, and GitHub projects how you move forward with your velocity, with your with your progress. But also um, through number of you know comments and pull requests, open, close, and comments and engagement on pull requests for other developers input so we see clearly okay this guy um is all over the place and someone else was you know not visible and what was very interesting is that uh, we had a situation where team itself would self-govern okay that was fascinating so I It would probably be my responsibility as a leader at that time to, you know, coach and and look after outliers and help them, uh, you know, catch up and whatnot. But the team themselves, first of all, tried that. And second of all, it was a bit of a group decision saying like, okay, this person is too far off, right? Mm -hmm. It was self-governing because everyone was committed to that result that we wanted to deliver, that next cool feature, that, you know, next big release. And if someone was uh, dragging them, holding them back, they would speak up about it openly. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: So basically, from what I hear that you're saying is that in order for the remote-first model to work, it's really all about the people inside the company Um, feeling connected to the culture, like the remote culture, and if some of the workers maybe aren't so interested in um, let's say making a transition from fully in office to fully remote, or they're not ready to deal with the let's say downsides of Mm -hmm. working remotely, um, this will naturally appear and, you know, uh, it's not going to happen if there are people who are not willing to make it work, right? If people are are trying to, let's say, take advantage of the benefits of remote work without actually putting in the work, in the remote work, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just working from bed, two hours, pretending like they're doing something, like Elon Musk says, like, yeah, your remote workers are just pretending to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if workers are like this, obviously it's not going to be sustainable for the business. And this issue will naturally appear,
0: right? Yeah, got it. So there's a lot here to unpack. Um, All right, so let's go back to first fact. I have never been in a company where we were in the office and then we transitioned to remote. Mm, Actually, in all three, four last businesses, we built that ground up as a remote business, especially in technology because it was different with sales and the local market, right, being on site, because they they have to go and shake hands. So I don't know for sure that Remo is the right way for every single role, okay? I know it's great for developers. And before COVID, before me, there is the open source community that proves it, right, that it can work. Um, I think for a lot of creative people, it can work that way, because we are just wired differently, I think, and we like our, you know, deep work state, and it's okay for me to maybe pair with one colleague uh, you know, in front of my laptop over a code challenge I'm solving at the moment, but not the entire team and not in the loud environment. so that and that was always there whether whether you would take the laptop and go to the meeting room just to isolate yourself from all the other distractions, um, remote just enables it much much better mm-hmm. When it comes to a second part where you say there are people who game the system. I don't think that is really important because if they game the system in any setting, they will always continue gaming the system. And frankly, if you tell me, you know, you work or anyone works from their bed two hours a day, I actually don't care as long as the results are in. Mm -hmm. And if that mental is shifted, you know, if that way of thinking mentality is shifted, sorry, it's it's, um, in place for us to say, look. At the end of the day, you did everything that you're supposed to do. You're in a stand-up. All your impediments are solved. Everywhere else, when someone needed you, you were present or you were pulled into the one-on-one or group calls for, for resolving something. The client is happy. The team is happy. What do I care, mm-hmm. you know, if you're working in your pajamas, right? <laughs> I mean, to be frank, for the meetings, I encourage people. Actually, I require that they turn on their cameras because there has to be the connection, as in human connection. Uh, so maybe that's a bit... You know, um, embarrassing to pop up in a pajama. But (laughs) again, you know, at the end of the day, if the KPIs in place are correct and business measures these correctly, continuously, I don't mind people popping up in their pajamas and working from their bed. (laughs) Nice. Uh,
1: This, uh, what you mentioned there, uh, raised also an interesting question about maybe some kinds of roles being maybe better suited for remote work rather than others. But as a company grows, you can't just have developers, right? You have to have administrative uh, sure. roles and finance or HR, sure. etc. So how was this experience for you as the company grew and still keeping it remote mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. if not fully remote?
0: So we had, in every case, uh, either initially or after some time, we had an office. And the office were, the, the reason for the office were, were there are were two reasons for having it uh one as a place where people can still meet optionally if they want to and i really like that so there's always a place where you can go to or fly into and spend some time as a you know retreat or workshop if you need to brainstorm things with a team and second of all yeah there were roles and they are roles i'm sure of it uh which will always work better uh in in uh you know hands-on face-to-face same room same office experience um, i think it boils down to type types of jobs that attract different types of characters mm-hmm. so speaking for myself as a developer i'm mostly introvert so i like my you know quiet environment for whatever problem i'm at but for marketing team which is uh maybe you know brainstorming some ideas and building um storyboards i, I don't know because i never did that i'm speculating Maybe it's better if they meet, yeah, and they are in the same location. Mm-hmm. For salespeople, who are constantly on the phones, and they can then use that energy that it creates to motivate each other, you know, to, mm-hmm. to which one of them makes most calls, what is the what is the um, next, you know, threshold, what is the next high score of number of calls and things that they're trying to convert to customers. That could be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. But consider this, for accounting... Most cases, in most businesses I know of, take external companies to help them with that. And maybe at some point they get a CFO in the house, but most of that can be outsourced. Mm-hmm. So your relationship with your accountant, a lot of times is also remote. And it used to be like that even before the whole remote thing started. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take PR agencies, it's the same. You have a couple of meetings and then you can continue over email slack zoom calls and whatnot mm-hmm. um there's tremendous amount of benefits even if you don't want to cross country borders like i mean communi- commuting to work yeah takes a lot of time it's a time that people could use to you know go outside for a walk go to the gym do something else with their lives um and that's Those other activities will convert in them being more rested, more happy, more committed and focused on the work at the time of work rather than rushed and stressed through, you know, commuting process or whatnot.
1: This make it seem like remote work will necessarily bring a better work-life balance. And I guess there is some truth to that. But people who criticize remote work also say it kind of... Uh, it's a bit isolating or people are just staying at home, mm. not interacting with others. Yeah. This can you know, increase, I don't know, depression or lack of engagement right. sometimes. So what do you think? Th- do you think there's some truth to that? And how can we mitigate this effect?
0: That's a very good point. Thank you for bringing this up. My personal experience and a couple of friends that we um, have been experimenting with in terms of remote working confirm my my experience which is working remotely should not be working from home. Mm. There should be a clear division between your private life and your work life. And if you don't have that, what what happened to me is, you know, I had a lunch break. I would go and start doing my home chores, you know, do the laundry or whatnot. Um, and initially it felt very innocent. But over days and weeks and months, it started building up in me a certain pressure and, and a feeling of never being out of work, never being out of home. So I started going out to Costa cafes and Starbucks and so on with just uh, noise cancellation headphones. And mm-hmm. I suddenly became more more happy. And yeah, work-life balance. The, the, the clear division between work and the life has been brought back into mm-hmm. my life. Um, and it's not something that people see these days. I mean, even if you look at the regulation that just came in where government says um, companies should pay people for electricity bills because they work from home. But that's a, that's a narrative. I, I don't question that whether they should or not, but the narrative that they are at home and that we should incentivize them working from home is not something which in my opinion and in my experience has been the right thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm.
0: And now with all sort of different co-working locations, across the globe uh whether you buy a subscription for WeWork or anything else there's plenty of spaces where you can go and work from mm-hmm. you know i mean with modern internet you can even sit in a park right who cares as long as you're having your quiet time your headphones whatever your setup is right and there's no distractions from other people around you or, or sounds or kids playing whatnot mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense yeah. to, to try <laughs>
1: Funny enough, when I had my, let's say, my only serious experience as an entrepreneur, by accident, it was also a remote company, like fully remote. And it wasn't even tech based, it's basically a book publishing company. Mm -hmm. um, And my business partner was 700 kilometers away. And we didn't even think about the fact that it was remote or not. We just decided to do it together and found ways to make it work and it did and it's still still going going strong
0: so fantastic
1: yeah it's not just for tech companies it's just about wanting to make it work right
0: this is this is so great did you have any particular techniques that you use to manage communication and knowledge exchange between you and your colleague
1: you know in, in brazil WhatsApp, like 99% of the population has WhatsApp Mm -hmm. and it's the main tool we use to communicate anyway with our families, with our friends and in work as well. So that was the basis of our communication was always, you know, just using WhatsApp and email, doing some uh, meetings whenever we needed and just setting tasks for each other and trusting that each of us would do their parts and then coming back and just... Touch base every once in a while uh, using these asynchronous ways of communicating through WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. um, and just working together on you know cloud-based tools like Google Drive. Right. And yeah, slowly building up from there.
0: Fantastic. When you say WhatsApp, you mean like text messaging, not calling, right?
1: exactly yeah. so
0: for the asynchronous guy. yeah
1: mm-hmm. it, it, it's funny I, I used to say that i was talking more with him on whatsapp than with any other person from my family or my wife or anything like <laughs> just all the time talking because it's it if we were in the same place um we will be having a conversation like we are having here but when you have a interaction like be, based on text messages it's not that you are all the time interacting but it's like throughout the day it's yeah. like small interactions, you know, punctuating the day.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. That has been also my experience. And do you feel that because it had to be in a text form, uh, you would have to be more precise than in a conversation or on a call?
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I think I, d- I did improve my uh, abilities of being succinct and clear in communicating, because mm. when you're just writing, you don't have the tone. You, you need to be very uh, transparent in what you're communicating. Right. Be very clear. And I guess this really helped us uh, be efficient. And luckily, this business partner also had this um, practice of being very clear in the communication. It wasn't something we decided together. It was just, you know, when we noticed that we were a good match to create this business together, it naturally uh, showed that. This this style of communication worked for us, mm-hmm. so we just kept it. And we st- we're still doing now that I'm, you know, I don't know how many thousands of kilometers away mm-hmm. and five hours away uh, in the time zone. We are still, um, our business still exists, and we still interact in this way, and it still works.
0: Super. Yeah. Do you think there is a massive impact uh, if the time zones are five hours spread?
1: Mm. It It does make it, let's say, more asynchronous mm-hmm. than it was before when we are in the same time zone but it's nothing that planning can't fix right we when we have to have a meeting i just say hey it has to be in the morning or I mean in the afternoon in brazil because then it's nighttime here and it's, you know after my normal working hours and we can always go around that sure. so during the day uh when i'm not available for a meeting he's doing other things and the same here same for me you know
0: mm mm-hmm. my experience has been that anything above and below 3 hours is too much mm-hmm. uh, for us uh, in the 20 plus 30 plus people teams that we used to have in the companies in the past um what would happen is that individuals would derail meetings because the remaining 29 people couldn't align with a single person and they would always be so asynchronous they they wouldn't for example show up for a, a daily stand up or something mm-hmm. and that didn't work that we we experience some failure there and some learnings Mm -hmm. so i'm really curious to hear about the five hours difference working so well for you Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i I definitely feel like it requires you to be extra organized and plan properly Mm -hmm. and it's not for everybody that's for sure um when we started growing and we uh, had another person working with us i could definitely feel this uh, difference because if the other person wasn't as, let's say, um, she she maybe felt the need to have a more um, constant communication, or uh, maybe the person is more anxious and expects the answers to come quicker, Mm -hmm. Um, this could uh, create some friction or some tension. And also, even just the idea of working remotely, um, the person has to come to the project prepared for that. And knowing themselves, If they need this uh, human interaction uh, all the time, more than the, you know, asynchronous communications allow, maybe they should look for some maybe hybrid model because, or at least deal with the frustration that comes with not being in constant contact Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. So you're a colleague and yourself uh, that own the business, you're both founders, right? Yeah. Do you feel perhaps that the fact that you're both founders and it's your vision and it's your baby, you're going to make it work versus people who are employed and they will struggle to work asynchronously in a five hours times on difference? Mm. Perhaps that's the reason why it worked between you and him and why a newcomer like her, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your first employee yeah. would have that difference in, in perception on whether this works or not. What, yeah.
1: What, what yeah and it's interesting to notice that it wasn't that it changed productivity levels, let's say. It's more about the personal satisfaction, mm. I think, mm-hmm. that maybe the person works very well in this format and with asynchronous communication and you know tasks being assigned and delivery, delivered, but I could tell whenever we ne- we had a meeting that there was this human element lacking in on, on her side and not so much for me and my partner because we were already used to that and we decided to work this way, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe this is something I think should be considered, I guess, when the company is fully remote and they are hiring someone. It's not just being capable and a good fit for the role, but right. also being a good fit for the work from home work from home sorry work remotely uh work remote work model right yeah yeah how, how was that experience for you like did you ever see some totally um maybe some um, rejection let's say from the part of the candidate when you know oh, yeah. it's it sounds good but I'm not sure if remote work is for me
0: hmm mm-hmm. so what we have observed is that candidate as a coder right they Mm -hmm. have seniority but they also have what we call maturity Mm -hmm. and more frequently than not uh someone who could be a really senior coder if they were not mature as a person they wouldn't be you know able to own their time and probably plan their day Mm -hmm. they would uh fail at this yeah they wouldn't be great work remotely they would need this constant um i don't want to say supervision but some sort of attention and exchange and this seniority level we we have noticed that the more junior people were with their code base the more of that attention in the maturity level they also needed mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. so in other words statistically if we would have way better success hiring people who already knew how to code pretty well and we just had to talk you know show them how our project works and where things are and they could work quite independently Versus more junior people that needed constant attention. And that was hard to um, synchronize sometimes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we found a solution uh, for what we call a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. So a newcomer receives a mentor and then only one mentor and newcomer mutually decide that they're ready to let it go. They work more independently. Um, but be, uh, before that, it was not so great with you know stuff that was not senior or at least regular level in coding mm-hmm. like i would say three four plus years of experience that was working mm-hmm. anything below that yeah pose a real challenge
1: as i mentioned i feel like it's a great model of work um mm-hmm. uh, being remote or especially in my opinion being able to go hybrid or uh, have some kind of combination of in person and, and remote to me personally is the best but it's not for everyone right and there are some pitfalls so i agree what what do you think are the the major you know pitfalls to be aware of and uh, consider before make a decision sometimes to start working fully remote
0: For me, probably number one is a common understanding of the term and the rules in the organization, because, you know, as the world embraced the possibility of working remotely, various different individuals have a bit of a different interpretation of what it means. We Mm -hmm. we mentioned it here, right? From home, whether, or from somewhere else, right? For Mm me, remote means not from home. For some people, it literally means from home and it's a massive advantage for them. It would not work for me. I experienced that. I understand. For someone else who is different, it could actually be very beneficial. Also, um, time zone differences, right? I really like you said that five hours difference worked for you. I know that for us, above or below three hours was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, other things are if people try to literally copy and embed their offline or office culture into into remote. You know, some of the more ridiculous examples include snapshotting of people's desktop and sending that to their managers so Mm -hmm. they can check if they're working really, right? It was unbelievable. I've seen that in some bigger organizations, which I'm not going to mention here. Mm -hmm. Um, And on top of that, there are people who probably character-wise need that other person or group of people around them. Mm -hmm. And they might be able to do it one or two days a week, but for the remaining two or three days of the week, they still need their colleagues around them to be productive and to be focused and to feel part of the group and community that they're a part of. Mm-hmm. So certainly, um, probably there are businesses like factories and, and you know, actual production and mining and whatnot where remote is not even a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but even coming back to office or technology companies, I still think um, that it should be done team by team basis, you know, so mm-hmm. we, we see how each individual each specific team is coping with it. And, um, you know, my only experience has been building those organizations as remote first, from the beginning. So we what, one while we had some sort of hybrid situation with let's say sales team or marketing team being on site, um, all the product, all the design, all the marketing for the product, and all the developers were always remote. So that's my only and primary experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know how would that look like if we were in the office and then we would be asked to actually work remotely. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be, yeah, harder to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I totally agree that it's all about expectations and communicating clearly uh, how, how it, it works in each particular organization. And I don't know if you agree, but from my mm, observations, I see that... Let's say 90% of problems in organizations boils down to poor communication.
0: That's right. And exactly. I I have similar experience. And that is independent whether you're remote or not, right? Yeah, exactly. um, If something is not being said in the office or it's not being sent in an email or Slack message or whatever, Microsoft Teams, it doesn't matter. If the message is not conveyed and the other side doesn't have a chance to understand that message or it's poorly conveyed, that's another thing, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, um, But with remoteness, I think extra attention is put into being very precise in the conversation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? In, yeah, t- basically transferring your expectations.
1: You know, uh, it makes me think that it's actually a good practice from remote work that could be very helpful in, uh, let's say, in-office interactions, <laughs> you know, pretend like the person is remote and be clear in your communication, be uh, straight to the point in uh, what you need, what you expect. And yeah.
0: However, and this, this, you know, personally, I would love that. But in my (laughs) experience, this is also a culture thing. In Mm -hmm. various cultures, you have a different level of um, mannerism, right? Where people would acquire, um, you know, various different levels of chit chat and, and, before conversation before you can go to business versus some cultures which are straight to the point just do that and mm-hmm. dot and and i'm expecting results right uh, i'm more on that side yeah uh, on the precision direct uh, i want that and if there's time for work it's time for work if we want to have chit chat there's designated areas in calendar for that mm-hmm. or you can just meet for a uh, e-coffee e- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> over zoom um yeah, but I, I can see how it could be challenging for various different cultures or, or organizations which are tremendously multicultural. We 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 have, we've seen that as well.
1: Okay, well, one thing that you mentioned that I think it's interesting is uh this idea of team building. Um how was your experience doing team team building activities remotely?
0: Mhm we try and we we keep going with two types of activities so we have a weekly or multiple times a week meetings which are not about work you know some of our occasion meetings where people can come up with an ideas for either improving work process or just sharing the experience of you know enjoying their hobby to the rest of the group so people can see, look at them from a different perspective
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know there is a groups of people who meet to play chess online or any some sort of other game or discuss and play um guess who games and whatnot uh, um but also once every six weeks to to three months so once a quarter we would have a get together meeting mm-hmm. yeah? per team not as a whole company as a whole company we tried once a year a retreat somewhere in a, in a nice location like athens or lisbon or whatnot um and that has been great
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: we we have um we did uh, NPS surveys and we measured satisfaction of employees and a sense of commitment and belonging in the group in the company. And we had very good high rates of that. And also um, HR could show us the statistics of uh, churn being very small. So people are not really, you know, leaving the company. Uh, and when they were, it, it was not for those reasons that we were remote. They actually enjoyed it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I believe there is a certain level of freedom and trust in the remoteness that you give to individuals who are able to recognize that there is value in it, that you treat them as grown-ups, and that, that, you know, you, you don't tend to control them and then they actually appreciate and respect it and give back their best to, to, to also prove that on their side, it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's, it's like any relationship, it's two sides, right? Yeah. It, it's a two way street. Yeah. If you don't give trust, you can expect to get, get mm. trust back,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah, I totally agree.
1: And and what you mentioned there about, you know, having these opportunities for people to connect and work colleagues to be able to interact and not be about work, about mm-hmm. be about them knowing each other a little better. This, for me, from my experience as a remote worker, made all the difference because I could see how different it was during Online meetings um, this feeling of you know I actually know this person it's not just a face on the screen right it's someone I know what they are what they like we have the same musical taste or we have the same hobby or whatever it makes a stronger connection and this connection stays after you go back to being fully remote right yeah exactly that's a nice nice way to keep it sustainable.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic experience as well, as you mentioned, like the connection on a humane level actually, in my opinion, grows stronger because there is a lot of superficial activities in the office, like people going, you know, for drinks after work, but it doesn't suit everyone. And that day of the week is also, you know, um, since there's a commuting aspect, which means people then afterwards have to, from the pub or wherever they have to go home, that they have to plan for that, which means maybe they will not stay for that long uh also on online meeting you could do around three for one hour for 45 minutes you have you know off off work topics meeting where people just enjoy each other's company rather than you know everyone is rushing back to their thoughts and lives in, after 5 30 in, in in you know in the meeting in the pub um so that's um yeah there's certainly a benefits there and uh focus mm-hmm. on uh on uh on being present in the in the moment versus like okay 5 30 you know some parents have to run to pick up their kids from kindergarten and other locations. You know, other guys are going to the gym. It's very hard to coordinate that mm-hmm. But with remote. You can just say, Hey, here between three and, and four, we do 45 minutes of that team activity mm-hmm. once a week, once every second week, um, where we all pop in and I don't know, play some chess or tell stories about our last holidays. Mm-hmm. It's really, um, it could actually create stronger bonds. I agree.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, but, you know, we went through most, if not all of the questions. And I guess there's just one final, which is, you know, some tips and recommendations. And I understand you have some.
0: When it comes to tips, I think (laughs) there's one thing only, which is don't be afraid to experiment. Okay. Because we have a certain habits and we have certain imagination of um, how this should be looks like look like right from from the past from working in the office and the fact is that uh, there's no one-to-one transition between office and uh, remote work it just shouldn't be like that and people should not try to mimic office um so experiment try things for a month and then either go back or as a team agree hey this worked really great right Mm -hmm. um and with that attitude you're going to arrive at your own perfect recipe for working remotely
1: Cool. Amazing. Um, yeah, I guess what I would like to ask also, if you have any recommendations for books, like was there some book that inspired you or some other yeah. material that you think is worth sharing with our listeners?
0: Yeah, funnily enough, back in 2014, as I mentioned, it used to be the era of Ruby on Rails being very popular tech stack. And David Haymeyer Hansen, who created this tech stack, the author, um, he has his company, uh, you know 37 signals mm-hmm. now called Basecamp actually. Um, and they have released a book called Remote you know and it's it was very controversial at that time. I mean they have a lot of really controversial statements there with some of them I'm also not fully maybe understanding or agreeing with. but overall, I thought it was very eye-opening to this possibility. and I in fact I used that book to convince uh, in the first two companies our management, our business people to try that for half a year for a year and then after this day we never look back we just you know continue that way
1: cool so
0: it works it works yes yes (laughs) i i have no doubts that it can work
1: yeah i guess that's it for my uh, end thank you for the nice conversation thank you pedro it's amazing
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Dev is in the Details podcast. Stay tuned for our next conversations about the tech leadership, AI and startup culture. See you next time.